Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on Save the Gear, Texas Snowpocalypse. Two weeks ago, Texas was hit with freezing temperatures, heavy precipitation, and families without power, water, and depleted resources. My main concern was for my family, loved ones, and neighbors. Of course, once I made contact with all of them and I knew that they were safe, my concerns turned to my music equipment. But how do you protect the gear? What are the main concerns? Is there a process to decide which guitars to save? Are Texans really that bad at dealing with cold weather? And if it were all destroyed, would you buy it all again or start over? Well, we will discuss this and more on this Snowpocalypse check-in with Jason on the Tweed Couch. Well, Jason, it is great to hear from you. I know that when it comes to the state of Texas, usually what you don't think of is cold. Usually what we think of is like the Alamo and NASA and the shape or Dr. Pepper and Whataburger. And yes, of course, Tex-Mex food and high school football. You know, I mean, this is what we're known for, not cold. And for those people who have never been to the state of Texas and don't quite understand what the big deal is with all the temperatures, I would just like to say... We will get an inch of snow and they will cancel school. Okay, so I got to I got to stop you there because you are are you a, a a native Texan? I was born in Iowa. Okay, so no, so stop right I there. I grew okay. up here. Stop. No. I, I moved here when I was 9 months old. Where were you born? Iowa. Exactly. So I was born in <laughs> Texas and I'm talking deep in the heart of Texas. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when people from up anywhere north of here, so even Oklahoma, start bragging about their ability to handle snow. Because down here in Texas, we don't get fluffy white snow. We don't get that. No. We get ice. And yes. sometimes there's there's snow on top of the ice, but we get ice. And so everybody's like, hey, y'all don't know how to drive in snow. And I'm like, no, it's ice we don't know how to drive in. And by the way, nobody knows how to drive on ice. Nobody. Nobody. It's impossible. Nobody except for Wayne Gretzky. He's the well, only one. It's funny you say that because I played ice hockey for a while. And yeah, we have it down here oh, in Texas. I played ice hockey. And you know, the first time I got on there, I, I slipped. And I was like, dang, this is slippery. Yeah. It's almost like water in a solid state. It is. It's very, yeah, it was very slippery. And we, <laughs> we have ice. And so... When people are like, oh, those Texans don't know, you know, you don't know how to handle your ice or whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, be that way. That's cool. But I remember up north somewhere, they were closing down schools because it hit 90 degrees. Do you remember that? A couple years back? Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, we're not prepared for this. We don't have air conditioning. I'm like, well, hey, we don't have snow plows down here either. And so just, you know, just be consistent and whatever you do. If you're going to brag about your snow compared to my snow, then don't don't start complaining when it's. 85 degrees and we're down here and it's 110 because if I go up in the north somewhere and it's 95 and somebody's like it's hot up here I'm not going to be like it's not hot you don't know hot I'm just going to be like yeah it's hot I'm sweaty like I get it and so the the idea of somebody being very proud of their snow capabilities versus our snow capabilities is just a very very annoying one to me 
Well, and that actually brings up a really good point in the sense that we don't have the trucks. We don't have something that displaces ice everywhere on the road. We don't have something that plows all the excess off. The only place in Texas that has those things are either the farmer or the airport. Like, that's it. Otherwise, they just go, you know what? It'll be gone in a few days. And actually, to make my point... Yes. In the last week, it actually made it as low as three degrees, and that's Fahrenheit. So for those of you that are not in America, because we have a number of people, we actually have like 28 countries listening to this podcast. So for those of you in Celsius, 32 degrees Fahrenheit is your zero degrees Celsius. So we were at three Fahrenheit. So that's like negative... 20 or negative like 15 degrees celsius so it was cold don't even get me started about the metric system oh yeah i know i know why we're still holding on to this system is just it's beyond me like let's let's jump on board with the rest of the world of course we both actually teach science so we get that (laughs) yeah true so if you are in a place where they they use the metric system congratulations to you you're advanced we admit that Y'all are y'all are better than us at measurements. Yeah, I actually I think Texas should just go ahead and adopt the metric system. Just Texas yeah. adopt yeah. it. And and I mean I mean, I am Texan. I, I don't want to get cocky here, but y'all have us on the metric systems, but I'm pretty sure we beat y'all on every war. So don't get too <laughs> cocky. We actually lost the Alamo, just for the record. No, true. <laughs> don't don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah, nah, never mind that. Okay, but with yeah. that said, what I was getting at was that we were really low. But I also want to say that today, it got up to like 70. 73. Beautiful yeah. day. So Blue skies. Literally a week ago, it was yeah. 3. Yep. And now it's 70. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. We don't need trucks. We don't need salt spreaders. We just need to shut down the place for yeah, however long. N- not only that, but you know, I would say, gosh, I don't know, over half the people down here drive trucks, you know, like pickup trucks. And yeah, most of, most of these trucks, like mine included, are rear wheel drive. And so if you're on ice yep. and you have no weight back there, no junk in your trunk, so to speak, uh, you're going to be oh, sliding yeah. all oh, around yeah. everywhere. And so, yeah, so that doesn't help either. But Yes, I get it. You guys up north, you're superior to us in your ice driving. Mm-hmm. If that makes you happy, then I'll go with it. But I don't think it's true. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay to meet you where you are. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, I'm that's not. fine. I'm not. So how is the family? So tell me, how how's everything in the Jason household? Uh, everything's good. We're good. Um, on social media and everything, you hear everybody talking about what a traumatic experience it was. And it was, I mean, yeah, we had pipes bursting and, you know, people without power. We were without power for about two and a half days. And Ugh. it got down to probably about 31, I think, in our house. And, you know, all my wow. guitars are in there. And um, yeah, so, I mean, it got cold. Which is below zero then Celsius. That is right. And um the first night we just kind of, you know, like we'll just wait it out because they were doing, they said they were going to do rolling power outages. And so we're like, okay, that's fine. 15 minutes, whatever, it'll come back on. Well, the next night comes around and we still have no power yet. And of course, when the sun goes down, it gets even colder. So we're, we're all yeah. gathered as close as we can get with blankets all over us. My parents live probably 10, 15 minutes away. They kept power. 
My brother lives about two minutes away, and he kept power too. And he kept saying, hey, y'all just come over here, you know, and he's not a big dog person like we are. So I was like, I don't know. I just don't want my dogs running all over his house. And uh, yeah, so so I didn't want to do that. But on day three, we finally decided we're going over there. So we packed up the dogs and we took the kennels with us and uh, we went over there. And luckily, he's got a big enough house that we could all fit in there. And um, did you guys like what use a fire or what? How'd you stay warm? Well, we I mean, we did not stay warm, <laughs> to be honest. We, well, then what did y'all do? Did you just like pull the dogs in and everybody get under a blanket and just kind of huddle together? No, we, we just put on extra layers and I was wearing like a, you know, a stocking cap in the house and had a hood on. And we, we kind of honestly, like my wife and I slept through part of it where it's like, if we just go to sleep, like we'll stay warm. And, and so we slept <laughs> one of the days and it, it, you know, awesome. it wasn't, it wasn't the worst thing, but yeah, we had a fire going. Um, so that was nice, but it, the, the, all of that to say, it was not fun. Like it, it, it wasn't fun at all, but it wasn't traumatic to me. You know, it's like, this is cold, but it's fine. You know, I, I, I wouldn't want to live like this, but we're fine. My family's fine. You know, it could just be so much worse. And, and I heard all these people complaining about how bad it was. And I just, the, all the time I kept thinking, I know it's bad. I get that. But man, there's people that have it so much worse than we do. So yeah. After all that, I, I kind of saw the the uh, silver lining and just thought, man, I'm really fortunate. I'm I've got people that love me and care about me, and you know, coworkers yeah. were saying, hey, come on over and uh, check in on us. And so, yeah, we're we're good. Everything's good. Thank goodness. I'm very thankful for that. But it was a uh, cold couple days. What about you? Well, for us, it, everything was fine. We did go 79 hours without power. Ooh. Which yes. is is pretty nuts, but you know we're all fine because ultimately what I realized, and this is actually the sentimental and touching part about this whole thing, is we put on Facebook, yeah, we're doing fine. We're at sixteen hours, and then it was like, okay, we're doing fine. We're at twenty six hours. Okay, we're still doing okay. We're at thirty three hours, and the amount of people that said, hey. Why don't you come on over? Do you need a warm shower? Do you yep. want a hot meal? I still have power. If you need a warming spot. I mean, mm-hmm. my church even contacted me. Two different people on staff contacted me and said, do you guys need a place to be? Yep. And it was it was pretty heartfelt. It, it really helped me understand the importance of community. Yep. I totally agree. We are not meant to live life alone. And if there's anything this pandemic has really done, it's made us more self-sufficient where we go, well, I can just do it. I'm just going to handle it because I can't be around others. Yeah. But if there's anything that Snowmageddon has done for us here in Texas is it's really helped us to reconnect and go, you know what? It is important to live life in community. And so oh yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And for those that don't quite understand this, in all of the United States, Texas has its own power grid. And it failed. The whole thing failed. Some people will say, oh, it's the windmills. Oh, it was the solar panels. No, the whole thing failed. Nuclear wasn't working right. The, the gas lines weren't working right. The natural gas, uh, all of it, nothing was working right. And so because of all of that, we ended up having this crazy power outage. So yeah. 
ultimately the way that we decided to stay warm was, you know, we, we put up a fire and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And we were fortunate, even though the house did get down to the mid thirties, ultimately we were blessed to be able to go to my brother's house who had power pretty much the entire time. We all just moved in and we hung out and we had a good time and we reconnected with family that we've been avoiding because of (laughs) the pandemic and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And now it's all done and we're back home. And the most damage that we really dealt with is I have a slightly leaky hot water side to my sink. And that's it. Well, I've done, I've done some amateur plumbing. If you need me to come over and help with that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's nice. We do have a yeah. home warranty, so maybe okay. we'll call I'd them first. I'd probably go first, with that then. Know. Yeah. But if, know, maybe, if, they can't, if they can't do it and need to step it up, just let me know. Okay. I, I, I will. But you know what ended up happening was while all this was happening, power went out at like 8 a.m. And by 10 a.m., I started packing up guitars. Yeah. Because for me... I put all the guitars on the wall because the way that I deal with my musical instruments is if they're not out, I'm probably not playing them. And if I'm not playing, I'm going to sell them and I don't want to sell them. I want to play them. And so I put them all up on the wall. And so I find it funny that within a couple of hours, the first thing I did was pull out all the cases and start putting the guitars away. Mm -hmm. Did you end up having at any time a point when which you went, I got to put away the guitars. I got to pack. I need to find some sort of a plan B, some sort of alternate plan to make this thing happen. Yeah, sort of. Um, I I took all my guitars off the wall a couple months back and put them in the cases. So they were in the cases. Uh, but I do want to say okay. one thing really quick. Uh, my stepson, Oliver, who is a funny kid, like he's he's just funny, but he's an incredible drummer, like great drummer. But he's just like, oh, I'm just going to go pick up bass. And so he learns bass. And then he's like, I'm just going to pick up guitar. So he learns acoustic guitar and he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to start playing electric too. So he starts playing electric. And I mean, he's just one of those musically gifted humans that yeah. can just hear something in his head and he plays it. And it's amazing. But me, on the other hand, like I sit here in the music room and I try to play slow dancing in a burning room, the intro to it 25 times because I still never in my life have played it correctly. I'm still like, I'll learn little <laughs> things about it. And so when the power was out, he comes down, and he goes, well, I guess you uh, can't be playing your electric guitar today, huh? And I sensed just a little bit of satisfaction in his voice when he said that. He's like, yeah. looks like it's going to be acoustic today, huh? And you know what? It hurt just a tiny bit inside. <laughs> I was like, that killed me just a little inside. And this was the same kid who years ago, I was playing a John Mayer song, another one, a different one. And uh, he asked me what song it was. And so I played the John Mayer one. He goes, oh, I actually like it better the way you play it. And I was like, oh holy crap that's the best compliment ever of course and then for him to come back with that like oh i guess you can just play acoustic today it kind of was a dagger in the heart but um so to get back to your question um all my guitars are in cases now or gig bags and um i've got them in in a central location and i honestly i kind of was at that point realizing there was not a whole lot I could do. And I was kind of just decided I'm going to be more worried about my family than I am my guitars right now. Well, and that's a wonderful place to be for me in this, this whole plan of what was going on. I wasn't necessarily incredibly concerned about the guitars over my kids or over my wife or any of that kind of stuff. 
it took a couple hours and, you know, we had a fire started and everything was good to go. But because of the cold, immediately I started thinking about all the guitars because they're all sitting out. Yeah. And and I was like, oh, man, with cold, you can get finish cracking, Mm -hmm. you can get fret sprout, you can get all these different things. And I keep two humidifiers in my room to make sure that it stays the right everything in that place. And so because I was worried about checking and I was worried about all that kind of stuff, I started to pack everything up and it was about 62 degrees inside the house. So it was before it was going to be a problem. Yeah. And so I ended up packing them all up and I stuck them in a closet that did not go along an outside wall. Okay. So it was kind of centrally located. Yeah. And so I ended up putting it in there. I put a, I put a thermometer in there that also had a humidifying, mm-hmm. like what what is the humidity percentage and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had that in there and I kind of left it there and I left it there for about 24 hours. And then I, you know, kept the fire going. But then that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of thought going, well, we haven't had the chimney cleaned in a long time. What if the chimney <laughs> caught fire? Like, what yeah. am I going to do about the guitars? You know, like, obviously, first thing is the family. Get the family out. But right. if the Absolutely. chimney caught fire, getting the family out, the kids are old enough. Everybody knows, run. You know, yeah, yeah. unless you're on fire, then you stop, drop, stop, and roll. drop, and run. run. Yeah, stop, drop, and run. Yeah, it's, no, it's not stop, <laughs> drop, and run. Don't it, you dare. Wait, is, it, is it roll, <laughs> then stop? I can, Dang it. Yeah, I, I, it, and and I've heard people talk about this. You know, when you're growing up as a kid, you feel like some of these things they teach you and really focus on are going to be bigger players in your life. I feel like yeah. the two things: stop, drop, and roll. Never used it in my life. Never. Mm-mm. And two, quicksand. I don't. I don't even really know that quicksand <laughs> exists. But I, as a kid, I was terrified of quicksand. Yeah, there's you quicksand. Know? It's around the spot where you find the leprechauns and the unicorns. Yes. Have you ever? <laughs> and Bigfoot, the Sasquatch. <laughs> what even is quicksand? It's really fast sand. Oh, my gosh. There is the, the things that they taught us in school are not useful. And I'm a teacher. <laughs> I mean, yeah, quicksand. Right. They taught us yeah. Fahrenheit. What are we supposed yes. to do with that? <laughs> nobody, nobody should use the imperial system at all. Like yeah, we should be inches, going feet. Uh, okay. So man, uh, so so far I've griped about northerners and their their bragging of ice and snow. Two us not <laughs> using that system. I bragged about us winning the wars. Oh, hold on. So currently we are in 29 countries and 26 states and we have completely offended them all. Yes, and do not even get me started about tipping. I don't want to talk about that at all. <laughs> Why should I have to pay your employees? Pay them a fair wage. Come on. That's right. That's it. That's all there all is right. to it. But but actually, I'm a good tipper. Well, I just don't and think don't I get me started to. on having to pay tax on oh something that I've already purchased and paid tax on. Why do I exactly. have to pay tax on something that's used? Oh all man. Right. All right. Sorry. That's it. Now now we're boomers. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yelling at people on our lawn. Get off my lawn. So. So I, you know, so I was, I was worried about fire. I was worried about that kind of stuff, but it was interesting a day later. So we ended up going to my brother's, we stayed warm, went back to the house the next day. Cause we want to check on it, make sure everything's good. I actually checked the guitar room and it was at like 38 degrees and I yeah. went, Oh man, that's cold. And then I went into the guitar closet and it was 46 degrees and I went, mm-hmm. wow, that is a lot warmer in there. Yeah. But then I started thinking about it and I went. You know, that closet shares a wall with the plumbing to the bathroom. Yep. 
And I started to freak out because I went, what if a pipe burst or something like that? All of the guitars are now ruined. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I will definitely admit that I am underinsured. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so in which case that actually led me down this this completely different rabbit hole of thought. And before we left that day, I decided it was time to take all the guitars and put them on the kids bunk bed. Now, keep in mind, I didn't displace my kids from their sleeping habitat for the guitars. <laughs> you made them they sleep were in the staying closet. at my brother's. <laughs> right. They're at the bro- at my brother's. I also am staying at the brothers. I just went back to the house to check on it. So I took all the guitars and I started putting them on the bunk beds because I went, you know, odds are I'm not going to get more than a foot of water anyway. Yeah, yeah. So in which case on the bottom bunk or the top bunk, it's good. But just in case, I should yeah. probably put the more important ones on the top bunk. The top bunkers. Top shelf. Yeah, right. And it was really interesting how that happened, like how I decided which ones were which. I don't know. Like I'm looking at these guitars and I'm determining not their value monetarily. I was determining their value in my soul. And it was really kind of eye opening. I don't know. Have you ever been through that? Like if you were somebody that you had to decide which gear you were going to protect and which gear you were going to leave behind this is the gear that I would definitely protect. Like yep. fire I, happens, you know, cause of the chimney water happens because of the pipes cold happens because of, you know, absolute zero. And it's now the day after tomorrow. Yeah. That's a movie. Or Nelly just comes in and starts getting hot in here. I mean, you, you gotta be thinking about that. Yes. So take off all your clothes. <laughs> Stop. I am getting so hot. I can take my clothes off. Okay. Um, so hot. In the hot tub. <laughs> so hot. Big hand from my band. Sexual chocolate. James Brown. Ow. <laughs> Too hot in the hot tub. Which is an SNL skit for anybody. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I, I have thought of that. Um, and I've kind of in my mind prioritized. I'm like, what would I do if, if that happened? And of course, it's never happened. Thank the good Lord. But yeah, yeah, seriously, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day that was, it kind of did happen a little bit because, um, like you, I've got a thermometer and a hygrometer in my guitar room and I came up cause you know, none of the thermostats were working because no electricity, uh, we have, you know, a nest thermostats or whatever. Yeah. So I, I come up here cause it's a battery powered one and the guitar room was 31 degrees. And I just thought, dang, that is not great. And then. No, I like years ago, I probably would have freaked out a little bit more about it. But th- for some reason, I was like shockingly calm about it. I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, you know, it's like you're tour- at peace with it. Yeah. People like- <laughs> tour. I, I think I think just since I've been married, like I just like material things just don't mean as much to me as I used to where mm. before it's like, this is what I have. This is my thing. You know, I just didn't worry too much about it except for one. And I did go upstairs and I grabbed my tailor. It's a 912 C that I got with money that my grandfather left me after he passed away. And so I took that with me because that's the only one that I thought if something happened to it, I would not be okay. Like I need that one to be okay. But everything else, you know, most of my electric guitars are relic anyways. I'm like, eh, they crack a little, it's fine. But I I started thinking, you know, people (laughs) tour up and up North in Canada all the time and they leave their guitars and, and trailers as they're driving. I mean, it's, 
and then, you know, stupid me, I'm like, trees stay out in the cold all the time, whatever, you know? But uh, (laughs) that that thought actually did cross my mind. I was like, they'll be fine. They're fine. That's stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. (laughs) And and so, yeah, I mean, I I did take my tailor and that was it. And I mean, I I probably could have lived without doing that, but it just made me feel better to do that. So. So we loaded up the yeah. dogs and, and uh, some blankets and a tailor and went to my brother's. And I didn't, honestly, I didn't think too much about the guitars after that because I just thought it just kind of is what it is right now. And uh, I will say, yeah. though, that um, during that time, and this kind of surprised me, the humidity dropped terribly in this room. You know, I keep oh, yeah. it, I usually keep it at 45 to 50 and it dropped to like 20. And so I couldn't yeah. fill it up. And then, of course, we got this this water thing where we've got to boil the water before. And so for a couple of days, even when we got electricity right. back. Because they're worried about like microbes yeah. and all that kind and of stuff. And I was stuff. like, well, yeah. I don't want to put that in my humidifier and kill me with it going through the air. So right. I think we're all recovered now. My, my humidity's been back for a while and heat's good. So yeah. So to yeah. answer your question, yes, I did grab the tailor. And, uh, but other than that, I didn't, I didn't panic too much about it, which would, is going to come to a total shock in my, my mom and dad have been listening to the podcast some. When they hear this, they're gonna their minds are gonna be blown because I'm the same guy that like would require people to wash their hands before they touch my guitar earlier in life. I'm like, <laughs> I need you to wash your hands. I don't know where your hands have been. And well, so they're gonna be so happy about how much you've grown to become a man. Progress. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. That's right. <laughs> Finally, you have become the man that they always hoped you could be. Yeah. At no. 44. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've finally done it. Well, I've reached my self-actualization. You know, it was interesting for me to get to that point where I had to make that decision. And I really found myself going into like four different categories. One was nostalgia, which mm-hmm. is, you know, what is this guitar worth to me in my soul, you know, like yeah. my history with this guitar, what do I want to do? And I have a 2003 Les Paul classic that I toured with primarily for like six years. And so yeah. that's one that I was like, oh, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I have a 1996 Paul Reed Smith CE22 that I met my wife and I was playing that guitar and she always looks at that guitar and go, you can never get rid of it. And it's like, yeah. okay, well that's fair, you know, yeah. which is great because it is a great guitar. Mm-hmm. And she got me a 2003 Taylor 710 CE as a wedding gift. Mm, and nice. so that's like, those are all guitars that I'm like, oh man, they yeah. are definitely top bunk. We're not going to call them top shelf. They're top bunk guitars, top bunk you guitars. know? Yep. And so I found myself in this nostalgia moment where I was like, well, like, but I can't, I can't put those on a bottom bunk. I can't leave oh. them in the closet. Yeah. But then I also found myself classifying things in monetary value. Like insurance will never give me what it's worth because I have too much money into it. Yeah. And so I had a couple of those guitars that I ended up putting up at the top that I was like, oh man, that one I got too good of a deal on or... Yeah. That one is, I, I don't have a good receipt to prove what it's actually worth or mm-hmm. or whatever. Then I found myself in the category of rarity. How rare is this guitar? If it's hard to find, I do not want it damaged now because I want to keep it. Like I have a hollow body two, a PRS hollow body two single cut. Mm, that's a beautiful guitar. They only made them for a couple of years. 
Yeah. And so because they only made them for a couple of years, it's hard to find. And this one is in like a color that I don't often find, which is this violet color. So uh-huh. I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. You know, and so I had a couple of guitars that I was like, oh, man, that one's rarer. You can't find a PRS Starla Core very easily. Oh, yeah. Uh, with birds, you know, you can't find a Gibson SG Supra. You know, these are guitars they only made for a few years. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then I got to my last category, and this was the category that surprised me the most. I have a 1965 gibson lgo guitar yeah okay this is an acoustic guitar it's a beginner guitar it's meant to be a learner but as you and i both know guitars from the 50s and 60s that were Mm -hmm. made by gibson even though they called them beginner student models they're what professionals still play today yeah so i had this 1965 gibson lgo and i also had a 1968 Gibson EBO bass. So it's a short scale SG bass. Yep. And I was shocked because I don't play them very much, but at the same time, they end up on the top bunk. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the reason why I put those on the top bunk is I looked at them and I went, they don't go down on my watch. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. And and it was it was really interesting because, you know, I'm like, okay, so there's nostalgia, there's the monetary value, there's the rarity. But I was shocked that even though I don't have nostalgia with these, they don't they're not real expensive. They're not real rare guitars. You'll find them still. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they've been on this earth so long, they will not be in a dumpster. Yeah, I just thought that was that was amazing to to get to that point where you're looking at it going, oh, man, worst case scenario, what's happening? You know, if a fire happened in the house, uh-huh. I'm busting open a window and I'm just starting to chunk guitars into the yard. What? And you feel responsible. It's like it's your responsibility now to keep up with that guitar. That's yes. That's been on this. You're the keeper of it. Have. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Totally and. Much like in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, I'm looking for someone at the end to go, you chose wisely. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, exactly like that. 100% accurate analogy. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Or I sim- know. A simile. I think you said like, so it's probably a simile, actually. But you know what mm, I mean? That's yeah. true. That's true. See, I'm not stupid. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Let's hear from another sponsor. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, if you love family friendly, if you love camping, then you should look into LifeFest. LifeFest is one of the largest Christian music festivals in America and draws attendees from across the United States to worship together, deepen their faith, and strengthen relationships with family and friends. This three-day event features dozens of artists, engaging seminars, and much more. This year, in 2021, we have two festivals. Come join a party with a purpose in Oshkosh, Wisconsin on July 8th through 11th or on the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bon Agua, Tennessee on July 29th through 31st. I'll see you there. So that actually brings me to this thought that 
what if it was the worst case scenario? Yeah. What if something happened? What if Nellie did show up and it got <laughs> hot in here and we have to take off all of our clothes? What if Dang. the water happens and all of a sudden it's jars of clay, rain, rain on my face, you know, and it's like flood, you know, what if it gets so cold as cool as ice? That's a movie by right. Vanilla we, Ice. We should just cancel this podcast right now. We've hit the all-time low. We just need to... Because we've talked about Vanilla know, just, Ice, just Nelly. It. Yes. Just cancel it right now. But in all seriousness, you know, it made me realize that if, if it really was worst case scenario and all yeah. the gear was destroyed, would I change anything to my collection or would I just buy the same stuff again? So what do you think? What would you end up doing? Well, I thought that too. And we talked about the Nashville flood before, you know, when these guys had yeah. this just millions of dollars of gear lost and, and went out. And I feel like I'd probably take a page from their book. I would not buy the same stuff again. I would go back. I don't think I'd be able to afford like a vintage Strat or Tele, which is probably what I'd really yeah. want. But instead of having, you know, six or seven acoustic guitars, I would go get one acoustic guitar that I loved and that would be my acoustic guitar. If I could not get a vintage guitar, which I might actually be able to, I probably would just buy a couple more Dano casters because, man, I love those things so much. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I am down now to, let me let me look right here really quick. Two, four, six, eight, 10, 11, 12. I'm down to 13 guitars. And, you know, a year ago, I think I was at 19 or 20. So, so I'm paring it down. I'm getting to, I'm getting down to just ones that I play and that I love. I would I would do that same technique if I had to start over again. I would just go get a few that I really, really, really love and pay more for them and not try to have so many of them. I found myself doing the exact same thing. You know, I actually found myself looking at the guitars that I have and I go, yes, that 2003 Les Paul Classic is important to me. Mm-hmm. But if it was destroyed, I'm not buying a Les Paul Classic from 2003. No. I'm buying an R9. Yeah, exactly. You know, even if I have to put more money into it, I'm buying an R9. Yep. If the P22 was gone, if the hollow body two was gone, I mean, those two guitars together are about nine grand, 10 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so I would probably just contact PRS and have a private stock version of like a P245, but put a trim on it. That's a piezo. Yeah. And just have one guitar that does both of those things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to buy a Gibson junior single cut from 2015. No, I'm going to get the double cut from 58. 58 Yeah. 59 custom shop, you know, and you know what? I might not get the 710 CE. I might instead get like the Taylor 816 CE, which is an absolutely killer acoustic guitar. You know, maybe I don't get the 72 custom reissue and instead I get an actual 72 custom Telecaster. Yeah, because you could, I mean, you could. To have. Yeah. Right. Um, And and I I remember too, you know, I went through this phase for a long, long time where it was just like, I want all the guitars. Just give me all the guitars. I want, I want want all of them. Yeah. But yeah, you're going to Ron Swanson this. I want all of the eggs and all of the bacon. It's like, you, I understand what you think you heard, but what I said was. You just won my dad over throwing in a Ron Swanson joke because he's his hero. I love Ron Swanson. Yeah. Um, but, but 
Yeah, I mean, I remember whenever I first saw Brad Paisley, which, little hint, Brad Paisley coming up, he was touring with just his 68 Paisley. That was it. He was touring with a vintage guitar. That was it. There was no other backups or anything. And then eventually yeah. he got one crook backup and then another crook backup. Yep. And now he has, you know, a different guitar for every song. But if it's good enough for him touring, like, I don't need 18 electric guitars. Like, it's just stupid. It's stupid what I, <laughs> what I did over the last couple of years. It's stupid, and I feel like I am just riding the wrong and making, you know, making up for that. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense. I, I found myself, when I was looking at the gear and trying to make this decision and figuring out what would I get again, what would I not, all that kind of stuff, and I went, sure, I'm going to want the 2204 Marshall. Yeah. I, I love the half stack. It's amazing sound. I love it. AC-15, it's tough to go away from an AC-15. I really do love an AC-15. But a Morgan AC-20? Maybe instead I pick up the Morgan AC-20. You know, yes, I love an SG, and I love an Explorer, and I love an ES guitar, and I love a Gretsch. Mm-hmm. But maybe I don't pick up the same thing. And maybe I don't pick it up at all. I don't know. But I know for sure that worst case scenario, everything goes down I'm probably just redoing the collection. Yeah. And instead of doing it as somebody who is growing in the guitar, instead I am buying it as someone who is seasoned at guitar and wanting to just get better and enjoy the hobby. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't know. Yep. I totally agree. Well, I'm glad that we had a chance to talk. I'm glad that you're doing okay. I'm glad the family's okay. I'm glad the instruments are okay. Me too. I, you know, I'm just happy to hear from you and I'm glad you're doing good. Yeah. And I would love to talk some Brad Paisley soon. So if you're up for that, um, I, okay. I mean, man, I'd love that. Cause all right. I tell you what, let's, let's do that this week. Let's talk Brad Paisley. I can't wait. And then after we do, cause, cause now we've talked two of my three to five guitar heroes. We're going to have to, we're going to have to swap it back to some of yours and, and, uh, talk some of your guitar heroes. Justin Bieber. Yep. Nick um, Jonas. Nick Jonas. Oh man. <laughs> yes. Little Wayne. Oh yeah. Uh these I mean, these are my <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. I mean, there's, <laughs> well, it's cause it I mean it means a lot to you. So you gotta yeah. Just just You're right. It. Yep. Don't be don't That'd be, be embarrassed about who you love. You can't you love who you love. You know? Uh, you love who you love. That's right. That's that's a great way to end this. I'm gonna make that on the t shirt. Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time.